the Red Diamond Warrior, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 35 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, here with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24. How are you doing this week, Dog? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. So uh, excited to be here, as always, with you guys. We got a, a good episode for you, plenty of info jam-packed into this one we are starting a new kind of line of episodes uh here in the courier shop all about the guilds the many many guilds of tamriel this week we are going to be focusing on the fighters guild and the undaunted and yeah, we have we have our reasons for these groupings. Okay, don't don't question us. I'm just kidding. But yeah, these are two of the uh, factions that deal specifically with all the base game that have been there since day one. So we're gonna get into Fighters Guild and Undaunted stuff. Very excited to be talking about that. And you stick around to the end because somehow I'm going to convince Dog to sing the Undaunted song. It's going to happen. Yes, or on the contrary, I'm going to convince Bob to sing it. Oh, or maybe man. we both will. We never maybe, know. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Somebody's okay. singing it, though. <laughs> Here we go. So, of course, we're going to get into the news and PvP stuff for you guys this week. And we have got a little bit to talk about, especially on the PvP side of things. So, Dogged, I know you have plenty more Imperial City event updates. Go ahead. Tell the people how the good city is looking. The Seaworks are also still crawling with Daedra. But also, you know, there's lots of players roaming around too. And my Imperial City is going to split up into three little, you know, sections. And the first section is the murderous dog. And so first, you know, I'm going to set the scene. And I'm just, you know, sitting on my shelf, minding my own business, firing uh, scamps in the EP sewers. There's this group of eight PVE or low CP EP that attacked me while farming scamps. And I dropped a meteor on them. And that was it. Or so I thought. Then they came back. And then they came back. And then they came back. And then they came back again. And I was just hiding on my uh, you know, shelf thinking like, oh, they'll pass me. Some guy jumped on my on top of my shelf that is, you know, sitting out of the way. And he starts attacking me. So I javeled him off. And then I killed them all again. And then I went on to go do something else because I was tired of losing scamps because this eight eight people kept dying. They just wanted to die. They just didn't care. Doc hates it when people take his scam time away. <laughs> it's not even that they took my scams. It's that I, I was too focused on killing them instead of I, killing the scams. Yeah, your scam time. <laughs> they they ruin your time. You yeah, know, they, your scams per scams per hour is much lower. Yeah. Because you know, I keep missing my spawns. It's it is what it is. And then, you know, 
sometimes, you know, you have to go uh, up to the top side. You have to go do your dailies. And AD tends to walk around as an entire faction. And, you know, sometimes I will top an invisible potion and I'll run through like hundreds of them. Like, it's ridiculous. And I know sometimes it's like that I'll see this guy, you know, jabbing or this guy who's dropping AoEs. I'm like, please don't drop an AoE on me as I just, you know, walk amongst you in the opposite direction <laughs> as you kill all my other blue friends. That really seems and, like more of a uh, EP kind of thing, zerging around like that. I mean, EP just has like, you know, 30, 40 man groups in like all the districts. Oh, so just the usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the usual. <laughs> Eight, yeah. It's, yeah. 80 is just like the entire server. And sometimes, Dang. like, I'll pop out, like, at the back of this Zerg, and I'll just start killing people off the back, you know, a small portion of them, of about 10 to 15. And then I'll just oh, hit an Ivis pot, and then I'll just run away and go to continue on my quests. But in the back, it's like all these people are just sniping. And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, I can kill you easily. And then, you know, I have these three snipers all on top of me. I roll dodge. There's like all these snipes I'm I'm seeing, you know, run past me and they're still spamming it and they're still missing because I don't know. I don't even know what's going on with the roll dodge, but yeah, I end up killing them all. Sometimes I died because, you know, when you get jumped by 50 AD, it's not doesn't end well. And then uh, for scamps, I've killed 100 trove scamps. And a hundred flag bosses, so I got those two uh, achievements done. But I still need twelve more cunning scamps. And one of the more annoying things is that I got eight trove scamps in a row. Eight, and that's just a tease. It's like, why can't you give me the good one? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit of a tease. But hey, I mean, your numbers are—they're up there. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's a lot of scamps. I'm definitely going to make a lot of gold or at least have a lot of uh, kudos. And that well, kind of I mean, like the tell bar <laughs> too, right? It's got to be pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, I, I already had a lot of tell bar stored up, so I just have even more. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, you got anything else on the Imperial City here? Yep. Um, three. Yeah, there was these, this group of three AD questers, you know, all soloed. I kind of just walked by them. Didn't think anything about it. The next thing I know, next district, they ganged up on me, they killed me, and then they bagged me. I don't know why. I did nothing to them, at least as far as I know. Maybe I, maybe they were part of that, you know, group of 10 that I just killed in the back of their fat 80s. Or... But yeah, so I returned, I was stalking, I was waiting. And then when I saw an opportunity, I uh, buffed myself up and then dropped a meteor on their face and then jabbed them once or twice and they all died. They died pretty fast. And then, you know, of course, I had to back them back. And now I kill all AD, and it's all their fault. Wow, way to ruin it for <laughs> the whole faction, those guys, man. Yeah. They have brought Dog's Wrath upon all of the Dominion. Yeah, but then there's one other, you know, class I kill. It's Nightblades. All Nightblades must die. They are the untrusted class in ESO. <laughs> they try, they're, they're sneaky, and I don't want them to gank me. And they can't gank me when they're dead. Yeah. My Nightblade is always one of my favorite uh, favorite things to kill you with, but it's hard though because you make it you make it pretty hard for a Nightblade to get in there and kill you as a Templar. Yeah. So clearly, Dogged is up in Imperial City getting all that work freaking done. 
if you guys haven't got up in there, uh, it will be too late by the time you hear this episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, it's an interesting event, and it's nice that they do show it some love because if they didn't, I'm not sure there would be a point in the year where there ever is this even close to this many people in there. Oh, there really wouldn't be. As even uh, the uh, Seardale event, the uh, Mid-Year Mayhem, there's not you know, a significant increase in Imperial City either. Yeah. So we do have some more to talk about here for you guys as far as the news among us goes. As we uh, did promise you guys, we were going to go get some hard mode action in on those new dungeons. Unfortunately, we have no full tales of success for you. We did get to go into Stone Garden. We wanted to try that one, of course. You know, the allure of the, the three hard modes it sounded pretty awesome. So we went to go try it. And yeah, the uh, first boss. It was, it was pretty good, you know? It was definitely, like... you. It's safe to say that if you think of, like, the difficulty jump of a last boss from veteran to hard mode, this jump is exactly the same. Like, it goes from... Even on, you know, this new veteran kind of difficulty, they're... They're working on the balance. This one seemed pretty easy, and it turned up to the point where we're like, "Oh, we need to, we need to kind of figure this out a bit." So it took us a couple of tries. We got it figured out, moved on, and then we got to the second boss, and that one, same thing. Just the difficulty is very ratcheted up. So Finn uh, definitely wasn't lying when he said that. You know, they want veteran to be a certain standard and they want hard modes to be pretty much the new end game. So we we're starting to get close on that one. It's very it's a tough one, especially when all the freaking obelisks on the side come to life. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of action going on there and it was getting late. So unfortunately, we had to stop and we'll just uh, try and run through the rest of it on veteran. but. It was definitely interesting to see, like, it's it's a vast difference. I mean, for our endgame group, that one on Veteran, it was cake on Veteran. And then the hard modes, they gave us a challenge. Now, before I toss this over to Dog, I will add as well, I did get to run through these on my PC account with our good friend Grammaton, I'm like 300 CP there. Not doing, like, probably doing about 20k damage. I think last time I first was like 19.8. So, we breezed through that thing pretty easily. Not one person in the group was 810. We pugged the other two people. It was like 4 in the morning. So we weren't expecting, you know, like, the best players in the world would just, you know, hoping for the you know some good players and they were definitely probably pretty decent players it seemed pretty smooth and i don't know it's just like i kind of expected more but it was nice that 
we could just go and do it and have fun but it almost felt like there was no challenge and i don't really want to like i i think it was it's cool because it's their first try at three hard modes but i think that going forward hopefully they still make the dungeon itself on veteran a little harder and still pose some challenge because it shouldn't just be turn on the hard mode and now it's freaking hard and before it's cake like but like i said as their first try at like adding hard modes on each boss so it's probably working you know it's a constant struggle with the balance so i i applaud the effort and i'm excited to get past that second boss hard mode and get to our cases our group does not get a lot of time to play these days so uh, we treasure every time we do. But anyways, now, Dogged, uh, what did you think about these going into the hard modes, man? What did you think of them? Um, going to the hard modes, like the hard modes were definitely, well, you know, hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, it, like, in, in comparison, like, you know, our, you know, blind run, like, there really wasn't any, you know, mechanics like that we really you know had to think about it was just like oh like are you gonna do anything and the answer was no it didn't really do anything got to the second boss are you gonna do anything no it didn't really do anything then we got to the last boss are you gonna do anything well i mean there's like cool stuff happening so that's cool at least and then it's like nothing's happening we're, we're just fine it's like oh you're like a trial dummy the last phase you know when he turns to a full-on sorcerer, he's very shocking. He's dropping all these, you know, shocking puns around that last phase. You know, about around 30%. It's like, he says, I'm a veteran DLC boss. And you have all these mechanics <laughs> just popping up out of nowhere. And I know on that first run, uh, I was, you know, the only one alive. Because we weren't expecting that huge of a difficulty increase just right away. And I think we were also probably stalking... I think we were also probably stacking three or four different AOEs on top of each other. So everyone just, just melted except for me. So I was just running around the arena, you know, Jesus beaming it until it was dead. Yeah. And uh, I know that you, your thoughts are pretty much the same on the veteran thing, right? And I know you wanted to uh, compare it a bit with Castle Thorn here. All right. So, you know, for Castle Thorn, um, that dungeon mechanics, they actually do matter. They are, you know, kind of simple, though. But, like, it's just kill, kill the stuff when they spawn up. But you can't ignore them, like, you know, Stone Garden. And I think that's, you know, the big thing there. It's like, not everyone's going to have high enough DPS. So, you know, like, I, I understand that. So it's one of those things that's like, you know, killing stuff might not be easiest for all groups. So it definitely is like, oh, well, you know, this boss... I know one of the bosses, like, it's health actually gold barred. And it's like, oh, well, we actually have to go do this. And it's a lot easier that way. And then last boss was the only mechanic that, you know, took us, you know, a couple minutes to figure it out on what to do. I think that's probably what most people's reaction was. And then I actually uh, find out because I was like, oh, I think I just, you know, stumbled upon it and I hit a synergy. I went to synergize something instead of synergizing the right thing i synergize the uh thing that you throw up at the person so very very nice dog 
So, uh, yeah, that was our adventures through uh, the hard modes. Love more updates for you guys at a later point. Hopefully soon. I don't know. Uh, Graham, he's busy. He's always busy. So, uh, I know we've been going through the news here for a while, but Dog does <laughs> have one last point that you know he has to brag about. <laughs> yeah, I have hugged Vet Scholar Peak on hard mode. Vet Scholar Successful. Peak. Yeah, Vet Scholar Peak. <laughs> Vet Scale Collar Peak on hard mode successfully. Yeah. That's insane, but, honestly. Yeah, I met with a tank in DPS from uh, Pug Castle Thorn. Um, it was the tank in that DPS's first time through. It, w- it went pretty smoothly. Um, we d- ended up wiping a couple times on the second to last boss for Castle Thorn. But, you know, me and the other DPS, we knew what we were doing. Um, Tank was like, oh, yeah, like, I want to do Vet Scaler play Cardone kind of as a joke. And the, and the other DPS that we were with was like, yeah, I could I could go for it. That, that I've done it before. And like, oh, well, I can also do it before. And you can also do it before. You're on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other DPS is like, oh, well, I can't do it because it's too late. And I actually want that. And the Tank's like, well, I, I, I still have time. So we end up going in. We got another DPS off of the Dungeon Finder, and then we probably spent about 20 to 25 minutes working on the hard mode. Our second to last attempt, uh, we had the boss at 71.3k health, and then we died because we were executing it, and we didn't execute it fast enough. And then our final attempt, uh, our tank went down. first DPS went down trying to save the other DPS that was in the... uh, like little beam where he's shielded and you get to block. And I was just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just burn down the boss with Jesus beam, you know, as one Templar healer slash DPS does. And it was pretty great. And Bob is jealous. Partially because, you know, his highlight of that night was like, I did my first veteran DLC dungeon. And like, I plugged my first veteran DLC hard mode. And it was skill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mine was with a 300 CP account. That was a little bit different. But I am jealous because I will have to do scale call again at some point on PC to get that skin that pretty much is just the perfect embodiment of my necro. So I got to get it. Anyways, now that Dog is finally done rambling, <laughs> I could tell you guys about. The actual news that came out <laughs> in the week since you guys have heard from us. And that is that the new DLC, the last DLC of the Dark Heart of Skyrim, quarter four. You guys know it's going to be a small zone. It's going to be a story DLC. It's going to be freaking awesome. And it is Markarth. That's not only where we're going. It's the name of the whole DLC. So you know it's going to have a uh, reach influence hopefully get back to some more of the uh you know uh, ice reach coven and all that that stuff uh, was really interesting at the start of the year so i am hopeful that it's going to be uh one of the best hopefully one of the best dlcs of the year the dungeons have been really good but i think that uh their second uh chance at his own here because Greymore was good. Uh, that uh, you know, Western Skyrim it was great to go back, and this is their second chance to really knock some out of the park. So I think it's going to be good. Now, 
this episode will be coming out the week of their ESO Live on September 19th, which is a Saturday. So, yeah, make sure that if you guys are hearing this before Saturday, September 19th, you tune in for the ESO Live. It is going to be talking about all the about the new DLC. Well, you know, they'll be talking a bit about it. And then we'll also be talking about just the rest of the end of the year stuff. They're going to be talking uh, events and the uh, promotion, you know, thing that they're going to have going on. Like they have the last two years. Uh, first year Somerset was go do the Pathfinder thing. It was like the community thing. Uh, last year was everyone kill the dragons, I think. And we got a bunch of stuff. And it was like, you know, it just... Uh, good way to get uh the chapter you know end of the year get some fire back under everyone's bellies about going back to skyrim so very excited for that make sure you guys check it out and if you're wondering like hold on hold on i i thought it was dark storm or some yeah no 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 no, no. you're good you're good it was gonna be dark storm and they specifically th- said in their thing, they're like, we, we changed it because we like it better. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, I think it's going to be uh, awesome. I'm not the biggest Mark Arth fan, but I'm excited for it. So I, I think that should tell you it's probably going to be pretty good. So, yeah. Um, go ahead, I, dog. Go ahead. I guess you could say that they left the old DLC name in the dark. All right, I got my cricketed puns out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that one's on the borderline. <laughs> okay, so let's get into some serial stuff. I will try not to keep you guys too long because we did talk about a lot in the news. But if you guys are playing serial on PC, there is some crazy freaking stuff going on right now. I know you guys know what I'm talking about, and I have to go into it because. What the heck was that last week, man? That was insane. I mean, I'm all for trying to fix the game, but oh my god, a cool a global AoE cooldown. I was skeptical about it going into it. I was like, I do not know why. I mean, I get it. Like, how can we fix the AoEs? Well, let's make it where they could do less of them so much because they're just spamming AoEs like crazy. But, I mean, I hope that's not the solution they end up with because, dang, that was not a fun week of doing anything in Cyrodiil because my build is still not even enough where I really want to go fight or anything in Cyrodiil. I am just at the point where I'm in there trying to do, like, Sky Shards and uh, Dolmens and stuff. And, oh, my gosh. I was dying to, like you know just npcs at first because i was just so thrown off because i'm trying to heal and like do my stuff and like i was in a no cp campaign which doesn't help because my heals aren't doing anything it's like i can't heal because i did just did another skill and i can't heal because i just did a heal and oh man it's bad it was bad my arm was broken i couldn't use my shield so yeah i died anyways um you know what there was a cool moment though because i died to those npcs and um 
I was laying there for a bit. I was pissed off, you know, so I went to go read about these changes. It's like, dude, is this like, what's next week possibly going to be? This is so horrible. And uh, it was like, all of a sudden, I see a red come up. And I was like, oh, what the heck? And they're like a 300 CP. And they start finding the ads and they were going to die. <laughs> and I, so I pop up. And uh, immediately just freaks the crap out of them. They're like, you know, running in a circle now. And I like, you know, I pop up, come out of the ghost mode, and I just start attacking the NPCs. And they shot a couple, you know, they shot a skill at me, and it was like, hit me. And I was like, okay. Okay. I'm killing these NPCs. Look at this. And they're like, okay. So teamed up against the NPCs, and we got to get the Sky Shard together. And. Go on our merry way. So, you know, sometimes uh, the PvP community is not the most toxic place in the world. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. yeah uh, that's actually uh, kind of insane. Like, you died to just normal NPCs, not like faction NPCs. Because I yeah. thought, like, when you were talking, like, oh, like, you died to faction NPCs. Yeah, faction NPCs are pretty OP at a resource. But no, you died to, like the easier just normal npcs that are not buffed up that's crazy. yeah it was like they there was like two of them that had like the nice like golder health bars like they were the better npcs yeah and i was in the no cp campaign but yeah and it's just like it's not like i couldn't go kill them it was just that i was so thrown off by trying to like cast things and just being like what the heck is happening to me so that was like my first um experience with the whole ao equal down thing and then i tried to go do some dolmens and stuff and it was like i could get through them but it was just miserable i mean i your templar would uh be having quite the time in there bro <laughs> yeah i i see like as your example like, if you cast Ritual Retribution, I want to be able to cast, you know, Puncturing Sweep for three seconds. It's like, well, typically when I cast Purify, I also do, like, Healing Springs or what, Radiant Regeneration or, you know, Healing Orbs. You know, all AoE heals because as a healer, that's what you have to have. Otherwise, it's like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I do that and I cast. I don't think you cast Breath of Life because Breath of Life is two-person. Yeah, no, that's a AOE. So I'd, I'd have to remorph to honor the dead, and that would be interesting altogether. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, dude, and it's not gonna get well. It's it's better this week. It's the test two is already happening as we record on Monday. I was in there earlier doing some dolmens, and it feels much better now. This test you have an individual AoE cooldown. So instead of all AoEs being on a three-second cooldown, when you cast a specific one, it has a three-second cooldown. So, uh, man, it's uh, it's different. It's not as bad, at least, like, you know, I'm not spamming my AoEs for the most part. I put them down, and they're, they're there. So... I still have, you know, the ability to like do most of my other skills and heal when I need to. So this I'm kind of liking the idea of maybe stopping the spam of, you know, I, I don't know, 
so many things. I, I'm surprised that they're you know classified AOEs because they do larger than just any single target thing. So there's a lot. I mean, people spam all kinds of things, and the biggest one probably that I'm just can't get out of my mind because it's really messed with the Templars is puncturing sweep. Yeah, that's like the only stamina class that actually has like, you know, stamina uniqueness because, you know, they just spam jabs. Everything else is typically uh, some kind of, uh, you know, like two hand or dual wield ability. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that this one is a possible step in the right direction. But one more thing I will add. For a long time. People have wanted them to make um, changes. There's been, you know, there's a always a portion of the community asking for something, right? Well, this portion of the community wants them to make changes for PvP and different changes for PvE. And they, you know, are under the belief that that will balance. They, they will make it much easier for them to balance the game. And I have considered that, too. I always thought it was impossible. I thought that they just could not find a way to only change something in Cyrodiil and, you know, not change it for the rest of the game. But here we are. They literally have testing on live servers going on where there's cooldowns on AoEs. So, I mean, I hope that maybe we're going towards a place where they could, you know take a class and mess with some things for it when it's in Cyrodiil or it's in Battlegrounds and make it more viable for PvP or make it, you know, less broken for PvP and still allow, you know, it to not ruin the PvE side of things. Because when you try and balance for both, it it usually is like, well, they fix something for PvE and it breaks it for PvE. They fix something for PvE, you know, vice versa. So... It's not saying it's impossible. You know, they have patches that come out where things run good. And, you know, those are the those are the golden times. But I think that there is hope in this, that maybe there is a future possibility of that. So we'll see. But anyways, those are the two tests that have been going on. Those are my, you know, basic opinions on them. I haven't really, I haven't been in no player-to-player combat that I could think of so i will continue to test it throughout this week i am going to try and get some gear ready and go into at least a non-cp camp and uh, do some combat with it let you guys know um yeah so anyways the next two tests there's two more coming on just want to let you guys know oh and make sure you know you get in here and try them if you're on pc uh double ap going on so Test three next week will be no cooldowns, but there will be a global ramping AOE cost. So this is going to be like for streak, where if you cast it back to back to back to back to back, it costs more and more and more and more and more. That's going to be for every single AOE. So when you cast an AOE, you receive a debuff for five seconds, and each stack of the debuff, when it increases, it increases the cost of any AOE cast. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And like I said, I don't really, I'm not big on spamming them except heals. So that 
for healing is going to be bad. <laughs> that's actually, oh my gosh, just thinking of it now, that's really bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. And so then test four is going to be a the so it's going to be test two and test three. It's going to be the individual cooldown, the specific uh sp- like specific ability cooldown AOE and the global ramping and cost, which is kind of weird to me because they're like, oh, you can't cast it for three seconds, but you can't cast it for two more seconds without, you know, getting the extra debuff and it costing more. So I guess it's like maybe meant for like the healers, like, Oh, well, you shouldn't heal yet, but if you really have to, you can, but you probably shouldn't do it again next time. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's yeah. going to be interesting. I think if any of these come to fruition, it will most likely be test two. And also, maybe nothing will come from these. These are just tests that may end up never, ever fully coming to live. But like I said, maybe what comes out of it is they begin to start working on PvP things for PvP. Who knows? Who knows? Speculation. So anyways, let's get into some scores. Let's get into the freaking episode. Thank you guys for chilling with us and listening to us go off on. Well, I mean, not tangents. So we're talking about ESO and it's all important stuff. So. I mean, not the stuff just about us. I guess, you know, we just love talking about us. But anyways, for PC NA Greyhost scores, there are only seven days left. PC Stadia homies, get in there. And if you're going in the NA side of things, hopefully you're on EP because they are dominating, straight dominating. First place, 95K. Daggerfall Covenant in second at 69k and AD in third at 64k. So Evanor Pack, I think they're gonna break that 100k barrier this uh this month. They're definitely gonna win. That's pretty much a guarantee. Like they could stop playing and probably almost win. So on the EU side of things, EP is also leading big lead 80k over AD 68k and Daggerfall Covenant in third at 60k. So a uh, flip-flop of second and third place for those two, and EP leading both. Evan Hart Pact is always, always going hard, especially on PC. So, Dogged, what about the console side of things? How is Xbox looking? All right, so for Xbox NA, you have AD in first with 25.1K, DC in second with 24.2K, and then EP in last with 20K, which is weird because EP have like a, 1500 lead at the start of the campaign like they were just dominating and i was like oh well i guess this might be like an ep you know month but nope dc and at both stepped up their game and now ep's just losing they've fallen behind for uh, xbox eu you have a ep in first again with 27k ad in second with a 22k and dc in last with 21.7k and then these, uh, both of these campaigns have 22 days left. Very, very nice, Don. And in PS4, as always, thanks to our PS4 NA correspondent, Lotus of Doom, who brings us the scores. And AD is leading. They're all very close. 
because we've got AD leading at 21.4, DC in second at 21.2, and EP right behind him at 21K. All of them separated by just uh, 400 points. So that uh, campaign also, just like Xbox, 22 days left very early on, only a week in, and still very, very hotly contested. So get up in there, PS4 homies, and push DC to the front. On the EU side of things, we've got DC in the front, 28K, EP in second, 22K, and AD in third with 20K. Man, we got uh, some pretty varied scores going on this week. This may be one of the uh, most interesting weeks yet. We've got three AD in the lead, three EP in the lead, and one DC. No, two AD. Okay, so three EP, two AD, and one DC. Unfortunately, only one DC. But hey, at least everyone's got one. Yeah, that's crazy, Bob. <laughs> yes, thank you for listening, dog. Clearly. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, as always, we want to uh, take this little middle portion of our episode to remind you guys of our awesome, awesome sponsors. Loot Crate and Gamefly. And if you check our show notes, you'll see links to both where you got to make sure you use our links because then they'll be like, hey, those guys from the Red Diamond Courier sent you here. And you'll be like, yeah, that's right. And then if you buy something, they'll give us money. It's freaking crazy. So, anyways, you could get 15% off your first order at Loot Crate or you could get a free month for just signing up for one at Gamefly. And that's only 10 bucks at Gamefly. And there is another awesome Elder Scrolls crate coming at Loot Crate. So, and yeah, you know, Christmas coming up. Put it on your list, you know. Anyways, thank you guys so much as always for taking the time to check out stuff like that. And we have these opportunities. Thanks to being a part of the one and only oh so wildly popular robots radio podcast network where if you go check them out at robotsradio.net you can find us and many other great shows like this one since the dawn of time there have been storytellers who teach through their stories these myths give rise to fundamental truths and these truths shape our collective experience Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86 host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. So, dogged. here we go, man. Let's talk about some guilds, man. So, in Elder Scrolls, the whole franchise, guilds are a very important thing. And definitely, some of everyone's favorite content comes from the guilds and their storylines. Now, uh, we have guilds in Elder Scrolls Online, too, right? No. Just kidding. Of course. Yeah, we do. What would it wouldn't be an Elder Scrolls game without them, right? Yeah, especially you know without the Dark Brotherhood or Thieves Guild or Mages Guild or Fighters Guild. Yeah, or honestly. Or well, I mean, 
Undaunted is is kind of its own thing, but I mean, but we're gonna so count them. <laughs> <laughs> They're here for us today, and we're gonna talk about them, the Undaunted, and the Fighters Guild. So we're gonna start with the Fighters Guild. Now, the Fighters Guild uh, once again plays a part here in Elder Scrolls Online, as it does in so many of the Elder Scrolls games. I think all of them, but I'm not too sure on those early I don't ones. Think Skyrim had a fighter's guild. It, it, they had the uh like the companions. companions. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's kind of like the yeah, it was actually called the fighter's guild. guild. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um so in ESO, they are playing a crucial role in helping the vestige stop Molog Ball. It's very very important for them to be there. And the guild has its own skill line that you could get. And its own quest line that is pretty freaking interesting. And both can be accessed from level one. So every region of Tamriel, the Fighters Guild has a hall in the main city there, including all the DLC areas as well. And some of them are, you know, nice and efficient to get to very quickly. Uh, Fighters Guild and Mage's Guild are generally close together. So... What do you get from joining the Fighters Guild, dog? What's it all about? Well, when you join the Fighters Guild, you get the potential to start doing the Fighters Guild story quests. Just, you know, fun, if you like that story. It's a pretty good story. Yeah. It also grants you access to the skill line, and then you can begin leveling up the Fighters Guild immediately. And then you can also pick up the Fighter's Guild daily that will send you to eliminate three dolmens across Tamriel. Typically in the same zone, if I believe. Nice. And uh, it's good to make sure that you uh, that you get that, you know, level up. Well, get it early on so it levels up. But we'll talk about that. So as far as the quest line goes, there's five total quests in it. It's a really, really interesting quest line. The quest can kind of be on the longer side, but, you know, that's okay because you want to be able to, you know, really get an in-depth look at the fighter skill, especially because this is an era unknown by any other Elder Scrolls game. This is the second era, and it's cool to see that the fighter skill was still even around this early on. So, yeah. We got all kinds of cool stuff in there. It's an interesting story. Even though it's base game content, we have made the decision we're not going to spoil stuff for you guys. But there is some cool uh, twists and turns, and the writing is just awesome as always. And the you know characters in there, you can't help but end up just you know falling in love with. So they're awesome until they die. Yeah, right. I know. And then <laughs> you just like have to be like, why did why do they do this to me? <laughs> I actually don't really remember and like much about the Fighters Guild story. So if someone does die, then I really, really want to know. I do uh, know for other guilds. We'll though. just leave, we'll leave that up for <laughs> speculation. Yeah, no, I, I think you're safe on that one. Don't worry. <laughs> you guys don't have to play through it. Like, oh my god, who's gonna die? When is it? <laughs> Dog said. <laughs> yeah, I said someone's gonna die. <laughs> All right, so Dog was talking about these Fighters Guild Dolmen dailies. Dog, where do you get those dailies? See, of course, you know, you wouldn't know that question because you're not an 
amazing achievement seeker like I am. Hey, and man. The your question is, you get it in either Mournhold, Wayrest, or Elden Root. In that order, because no one wants to go to Elden Root. Oh and yeah, pretty much you just get it at the Fighters Guild. What I like about Mournhold is that the Fighters Guild and Mages Guild is like to buy the exit that you go out the city to go pick up your pledges. So it's very, you know, nice and significant in same area. Wayrest, they're all over the place. And then Elden Root, well, you have to go climb up, climb up a tree. And who has time for climbing up a tree? Like. <laughs> the tree is awesome, man. It's a big tree. It is a big tree that no one wants to climb. Ever. No. Everyone wants to climb it. No. <laughs> so, yeah. If you guys want to go get those Dolmen dailies, those are the places to get them. And those are important because doing Dolmens is a great freaking way to level up your Fighter's Guild skill line. And you can level it up through killing pretty much any undead and any danger as well. It's all going to level it up, which clearly is why dolmens are good for it. You fight a whole lot of freaking Daedra, all kinds of stuff. Yep, you even get Undona from killing Sork Bets. So go at them. Kill those Sork Bets. Make them useless. Yes. Take them and put them in the ground. I don't know. Yep. They're they're summoned, though, so you don't really put them in the <laughs> Anyways, you, uh, if you have any dolmen grinding to do, that's why we're saying make sure you pick this up early. So as you're just going through killing anything, you're going to be leveling up your fighter's guild. And that is going to come into play importantly later because there are some awesome skills you could get. Dog, you want to start it off, man? There's some there's some good ones. You got to nail them. All right. Well, the fighter's guild skill line has... Uh... Four active abilities and an ult, plus the passives. So, yeah, full skill on. Yeah, the ultimate is Dawnbreaker. Arm yourself with Meridia's sacred sword and dispense her retribution, dealing eleven forty physical damage to enemies in front of you, an additional thirteen hundred physical damage over six seconds. And, of course, that'll do more when you have more weapon damage and all that. So, Super popular freaking ultimate. If you play PvP, you've definitely got Donnied in the face. I've definitely got Donnied in the face. But then I try <laughs> to return the favor, and I go to Donnie somebody in the face, and they just stare at me like, you missed. I'm like, you're in front of me. And, like, you missed, and now you're dead. And yep. I'm dead. Come on, Donnie. You gotta, you gotta Donnie better, man. I'm just kidding. Donnie is awesome. It's uh, been one of the most meta ultimates since literally the game started. Everyone loved Dawnbreaker. And the conversation has always been, what morph did you take? Because they're both freaking awesome. You got Flawless Dawnbreaker, where uh, the weapon damage is increased after activating. So you pop your Donnie, and then your weapon damage increase. So everything else you're doing after more damage, more damage. Freaking awesome. Uh, if you've never played a Stam Warden and dropped a sub plus a Donnie combo and then hit him with a Steel Tornado. Oh, man, it's, it's to die for. I'm not going to lie. So you also have the Dawnbreaker of Smiting, 
that increases the damage of the freaking Dawnbreaker itself and stuns everyone hit by it. That is also freaking awesome because they're all stunned and you can really get some freaking damage off on them. I think both of these are awesome. There's no wrong choice here. It just really depends on what you prefer. Um, Flawless Donnie is pretty freaking awesome, though. I, I usually go Flawless. I typically go with a Dawnbreaker or Smiting. There you go. Different strokes. Yeah. So then we got Silver Bolts for the first of the active abilities. Uh, this one, you fire a Dawnguard Vampire Hunter's Crossbow Bolt to strike an enemy, dealing 821 physical damage. And yeah, that base skill is not really the most popular, but then we've got Silver Shards as a morph, fires additional bolts at other enemies near the initial target for less damage. And the next morph, which is the one you've definitely seen more often than not, Silver Leash. So this morph, it decreases the range and damage, and it increases the cost. And I checked, it's by just over a 1,000, which is pretty significant. But it pulls the enemy to you, and it snares them. So very effective in PvE, very effective for, like, a warden tank without a pull or a necro tank that doesn't want to deal with the janky uh, armor. So tanks as a pull, but it's yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the, it's not the best pull. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it works though. It definitely works. You know, but this one but is your Templar tank. You definitely have to use that. <laughs> uh, who Templar tanks, man? I tell actually, I don't Templar tank. You but don't Templar is the best anything, the game, but so or DPS <laughs> barely. I'm just kidding. DPS is up there. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> dog, why don't you get into the next skill here? So the next one is Circle of Protection. You brand the Earth at your location with a Rune of Protection for 20 seconds. You and your allies in the area gain minor protection and minor endurance. Reducing your damage taken by 8% and increasing your stamina recovery by 10%. And then its morphs are uh, Turn Evil. And enemies in the initial area upon activation are feared. It's very fearful. And then the other morph is Ring of Preservation. The rune now heals allies inside of the duration, but the rune now ends significantly sooner. I don't really... I don't think I've ever used this one, honestly. But I do see people use it. Especially in PvP now. Yep. I've tried the uh, turn evil to fear people. So nice. nice. Like I said, it is a very fearful uh, you know, thing to have. Especially because you know, fear is such a broken, you know, disability or yeah. stunner. Stun, like, yeah. Or whatever. Like sometimes like you're like sitting there like I should be able to break out of this and you're just not breaking out of it. Sometimes you break out of it right away and you didn't even try to break out of it. It's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I hate getting feared, but I love fearing people. Yes, as a Nightblade slash Necromancer, of course you love fearing yep. people. <laughs> so then we have Expert Hunter, where you invoke your expertise in anatomy and enemy behavior to detect stealth and invisible enemies around you for five seconds. Exposed enemies cannot return to stealth or invisibility for three seconds, you have frickin' Nightblades. Well slotted, you gain major savagery, increasing your weapon critical rating by 2191. So, uh, you see a lot of 
um like magic dps they'll run mage light on their bar to get the uh major prophecy i believe right dog for the yes. spell crit and yep. this is very similar to that you'll see a lot of stam dps have this on their bar going for that spell crit now you also have the morse of course and one is evil hunter will active your non-ultimate fighters guild abilities have increased damage so if you've got a fighters guild build <laughs> then this is for you i've never seen anyone do that though so that would be cool so hey, should try i'll it. let you know that my uh salmon my uh, old stam blade that was very new with the game it it was a stam it yeah it was a thing. I used to spam uh, a thing. silver shards all over the place. Heck yeah, that's what I'm talking about, dude. Because it <laughs> came from Skyrim. You're like, I want to do the companions, the fighter skills. <laughs> I, mean, anyway. I didn't know how to use how to use a bow back then, but yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Anyways, we have Camouflage Hunter as well. Probably the more popular one. Well slotted, dealing critical damage from the flank of an enemy grants minor berserk. So that's it's nice because it's just well slotted, you know? Yeah. So you're getting a chance and, uh, for an extra buff. Yeah. But that same sand blade also remorphed that to using this ones because I now snipe with it. And yeah. <laughs> Imagine granting minor berserk out during your snipe spam. It's crazy. <laughs> just kill people. Just kill them. Kill them all. <laughs> so, what about this last active ability, dog? All right, this last one is Trap Beast. You set a sharpened blade trap at your location, which takes one and a half seconds to arm and lasts for one minute. When triggered, the trap deals 455 physical damage and an additional 900 physical damage over 10 seconds and grants you minor force, increasing your crit damage by 10% for the duration. Enemies who activate the trap are immobilized for two seconds. And then for the Demorph, you have Barb Trap, which increases the duration of the damage over time and minor fours. And then you have Lightweight Beast Trap. And this, uh, the trap can be thrown up to 28 meters away, and it reduces the cost as the ability ranks up. Um, I don't, actually, I don't know, because I don't play Stamina DPS, but Stamina DPS can use this as, like, a little damage over time and a way to get minor force, which... You know, having increased crit damage by 10% is always nice to have. Especially in PvE, you're going to be doing a lot of crit damage anyways, so makes sense. Alright, and then as for passives, the per first one is Intimidating Presence. Allows you to intimidate NPCs in conversation. This also reduces the stamina cost of your fighter skill abilities by 15%. Pretty decent amount. And it can be very fun to intimidate your enemies, especially since some of the things it's like, well, I mean, I know that one of the things is like you intimidate a merchant and they just run away. They drop their bag down and they run away and you loot them. <laughs> it's the closest thing to robbing that you can do in this game. And yeah, so of course I have to partake. Of course. And then you've got the Slayer passive that increases your weapon damage by 3% for each Fighter's Guild ability slotted. Then you've got the Banish the Wicked passive, where you generate 9 ultimate when you kill an undead Daedra or werewolf. So, 
like we said earlier, anytime you're killing undead and Daedra, it's going towards your fighters guild. And this is going to be really good because nine ultimate, that's crazy. So it really helpful when you're doing dungeons and stuff like that. When that has a lot of sewers. There you go. I've been dropping gears all over the place because of this pass. Along with following up with the Crescent Sweep, too, it's just massive damage along with the Meteor. It's insane. So what about these last two passives, Don? All right. The uh, next passive is a skill tracker. Your fighter skill abilities deal an additional 20% damage to undead, Daedra, and werewolves. So you really don't want to get hit by a Dawnbreaker when you're a vampire. so Or a werewolf. The last passive is Bounty Hunter, and this allows you to accept bounty quests from the Fighters Guild and Cyrodiil. And as for Bob, he probably hasn't done any of that, but uh, I definitely have. And yeah, it's an interesting experience, to say the least. What what does it have you do? Those quests, like you kill bandits, goblins, uh, different type of bandits, or necromancers. So, all in Cyrodiil. Wow. I didn't hear what you said, but wow. Said so me. (laughs) Yep. Go, go, Bob. That's messed up. Only if you're a Shadow Path necromancer. Oh, no, I don't, you know, fall under that, that, you know, branch of necromancy. Darn. (laughs) All right, all right. So that is going to get us through the Fighters Guild, and we do have one more to talk to you guys about the good old Undaunted. Now, the Undaunted are a group of adventurers that explore the deepest, darkest, dangerous caves in Tamriel. You make a pledge to take on all of the enemies, or at least the main bosses, inside of a dungeon for a reward, of course. Now, you can find many Undaunted in bars all across Tamriel, mainly in the base game, where it's an achievement to buy all of the Undaunted a drink that Dogged has probably done. You also find out in Hellraw Citadel that not all Undaunted are powerful and they can't even make it to the first boss. And if you don't know what we're referencing, just go into Hellraw and get to the first boss. And you can hear it on the way. Oh, you made it so much further than the Undaunted. Feeble Undaunted. <laughs> don't take their word for it, though. Some Undaunted are good. They just must have sent some not great guys in that first Hellraw. So, Dogged, how do we join the Undaunted? To join the Undaunted, you go to the uh, faction starting zone, City Bar. So, uh, yeah, um, so that would be Dag- the Daggerfall City and well, Daggerfall Covenant, Vocal Guard for the Automary Dominion, and Devon's Watch in the Ebonheart Pact. And then you talk to the Undaunted person in the bar. I think they're surrounded by a couple other Undaunted people, but there will be a quest marker there. Um, the quest will have you go to a dungeon found in that same zone. So it'll be Fungal Grotto for EP, Banish Cells for AD, and Sinal Clutch 1 for DC. Um, you have to walk in and walk out, as only the brave dare to step foot inside of those dungeons. But as you can see, you know, if you could just have, walk in, walk out, and you become part of the Undaunted, I mean, I guess you could see why, you know, some people might be considered as feeble and daunted inside of a Hellroth Citadel. Now, you might be asking, what do you get for joining them? 
Well, joining the Andarnik gives you access to Bull Girl Stealth Dailies right away. Uh, at level 45, you get access to the pledges. Also at 45, you get a slip of paper that you show to your Andarnik friends in Mournhold, Weirass, or Outer Root to sign the book instantly, and you don't have to go into that starting stone dungeons. So maybe that's also why, you know, some people are just feeble and daunted. You just, you know, hit that level 45 rank. You're like, yeah, I'm undaunted now. And, you know, little Bob over there is just like runs up to the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Runs into like Hell Ross Citadel and gets killed by like three ads. He thinks he just takes the arrows to the knee and can't move on. Right to the knee. I used to be an adventure. I used to be an undaunted. <laughs> yeah. And then I so. got daunted. I'm just <laughs> so yeah. where don't do you... lose that piece of paper if you want to quickly join the Adonid at level 45. Yeah, a lot of people do that. It's surprising. They're like, what paper? I'm like, dude. You just messed up. <laughs> what? No, I just you know, the people. Uh, they get rid of that little piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah, they you messed up, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, dog, where do we get these pledges? Everyone's talking about pledges. Uh, where do people get them? Well, you get them in Mornhold, Wayrest, or Elden Root, depending on what city you love. I said them in that order because Mornhold is the best. Wayrest is, you know, DC, and Elden Root is a stupid tree that should be burned to the ground. No. Yes. It's a good tree, <laughs> dude. Yep. You can also there are four dailies you can get there. There is Bull Girls Delve dailies that are shareable. There's a total of 15 different ones. So if you're unluckily like me, Bob, Graham, and Solo, and you can only do three a day sometimes, it's or like I think we I think we know one day we had two. We only were only able to two, and that's just incredible that y'all had like the same daily. Especially when there's 15 different ones. Um those uh, little boxes that you get at the end when you turn in that quest has a, has a chance to drop the uh, Draugr motif. You can also get the Draugr motifs from the Fighter's Guild dailies and the Mage's Guild dailies. Which is why, you know, I think Bornhold is better because you can pick up Mage's Guild, Fighter's Guild, Undaunted, and the Pledges. That's six dailies. Unlike, you know, Grotwood where you have to go all the way out to that little shack that the Undaunted stay at. Then you have to go up in the tree and run around the tree. No one wants to do that. Look, when everything is so beautiful, it's okay that you can go run around the whole area and see the terrain. No, no. That place would be beautiful if it was on fire. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll never let it happen. Uh, So, yeah, for the, uh, you get the pledges, right? And that's how you get three Dawned pledges, two for the base game one for DLC, and there's achievements for completing 100 of each of them. And I haven't completed 100 of the DLC pledges because that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of freaking pledges, man. Yeah, I think I'm like at 60 or so. It's We typically don't do like DLC pledges often, yeah. and when even when we do the DLC dungeons, we don't have them as a pledge. And uh, the pledges are how you level it the skill lineup, right? That's the main way, at least. That's a way. The pledge dailies do give you 10 points when done on normal. You get 10 for the delve daily, and when you do them on vet, you get 20 points. So It's worth it to do it on vet, people. Yeah. 
you just level up the skill line by completing pretty much achievements in dungeons. I find the quickest way to do it is to just go down the list of dungeons. Um, you just do the base clear, the vet clear, and hard mode clear for like fungal grotto, banished cells, all those, all the really easy ones. And you just, it, you, it's so much easier and you don't have to be like, you don't have to go back and be like, well, did I do this? I don't know. And I have to go back and check and it takes a little bit longer. Now, the pledges are also freaking awesome and important to do because that's how you get your endonic keys, people. And these are how you're going to get all the shoulders for your monster sets. And a monster helmet is nothing without the shoulders. All right, you got to get them. So you could spend one key for any specific person's stock, any of the three uh, quest givers, they all have their own store. Uh, you could just get a random key from each of them at one one key uh you know a piece or for five keys you could get a more refined chance of getting what you want so it pretty much selects two dungeons and you have a chance of getting either monster shoulder in each varied weight so there's six possibilities and it might seem like that's still not that great of a chance, but it's actually a pretty good chance. And it's a much better chance than the overwhelming, like, you know, buy for one key, have a random chance. It's like, yeah, but it's a random chance of like 12 different monster sets and all different weights. So we're talking like very small chance. But hey, that used to be the only way was the one key and just trying to get it. And uh, it worked, you know, but sometimes you would go through a lot of keys trying but sometimes you still do because these ones these five keys are expensive man so i'm not really sure if it's really better to only do five keys sometimes the one key you just do it and get it i think it's getting to the point for the dlc ones that it is worth it more because there's so many dlc dungeons now. yeah that's true that's true so also with the keys you're gonna want to be saving them because they always have the monster style pages going on and you could get this shoulder style page for 50 keys straight up or you could just buy the one random one over and over and see if you have a chance of getting it out of there. So you got that yeah. going. And you should also save your keys because the Dawn event is just around the corner. It's a, probably like a few months away and yeah, last time I think people were complaining that they didn't have enough Donna keys, and now, hey, you know, we're giving you here at the Red Diamond Courier are giving at least a couple months advance, and it's like you should be saving up your keys for those Opal style pages that they return. Yeah, save the freaking keys. Those style pages are awesome. I need them on PC. So, dog, here we go. Let's wrap it up. One more skill line. All awesome skills. Start us off. All right, well, you have five active abilities. All of these abilities are uh, synergizable, so keep that in mind. Uh, the first one is Blood Otter. You sacrifice your life essence to conjure a fountain of blood to apply a minor life steal to enemies in the area, healing you and your allies for 600 health every one second when damaging them. Allies in the area can activate the Blood Funnel Synergy healing for 40% of their maximum health. And then the first more for it is Sanguine Altar. Uh, this increases duration and reduces the cost. 
and the other morph is overflowing altar and the synergy heals allies for more so definitely yeah. an awesome ability a pretty popular one you see every now and again out there good heal so then we've got trapping webs and this hurls webs to ensnare your foes reducing the movement speed of enemies in the area by 50% and dealing 683 physical damage. After 10 seconds, the webs explode, dealing 912 poison damage to enemies within. A ranged ally can activate the spawn brutaling synergy, dealing 883 poison damage to them and summoning a spider to attack for 10 seconds. The spider bites enemies for 265 physical damage. This is a lot of low number damages is all I'm thinking while I'm reading this. Oh, I mean, yeah, typically damages are low because it's like. Yeah, they get multiplied. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I actually came across that like little Morphia the other day. It's like I didn't know what it was. And the next thing I knew there was this, you know, the little spider attacking things. It's like, oh. I thought th- I honestly thought that was a set. <laughs> I, I I had no idea because you really don't see that skill often. No, not often at all. And the morphs for it are Shadow Silk. The synergy summons a more powerful spider, which deals additional damage over time. Cool if you're using it. Tangling webs is the other one where the synergy also fears enemies. So that's cool too. So uh, interesting skill. I really yeah I think maybe I've only seen it in use a couple times honestly. Yeah, like I said, us outside of that, like you know, one time, like a few days ago, maybe a week or two, um, I really had no idea. Like I said, I thought it was a set. Like so, the uh, next one is Inner Fire. Ignite the fires of hate in an enemy's heart, dealing four hundred and ten magic damage and taunting them to attack you for fifteen seconds. A ranged ally targeting the taunted ally has a fifty percent chance to activate the Radiate Synergy dealing 882 magic damage to them over three seconds and an additional 883 magic damage to them and other nearby enemies. So your morphs for this are Inner Rage. The synergy will now always apply to the target instead of having a chance. This is what most tanks use. Then you have Inner Beast, which converts into a stamina ability. The enemy takes more damage from your attacks while active. And hint, hint, if you're a DPS that queues as a tank, you should be using this to not only keep aggro of the boss, but also do 5% more damage. Helpful. That's what you should be doing if you're not a real tank. Right, Bob? Yeah, typically, you know, whenever I uh, sometimes tank on my healer or other stuff, I'll be, I use the inner beast synergy. Because, well, doing 5% more damage is helpful. And so was keeping aggro of the boss. True. Very true. Yeah, it's a very popular thing. It's nice to have a ranged taunt. So then for the next one, we have Bone Shield, where you surround yourself with a whirlwind of bones, gaining a damage shield that absorbs up to 2,709 damage for six seconds. This ability scales off your max health. An ally near you can activate the bone wall synergy, granting the ally and up to five other allies a damage shield equal to 30% of their max health for six seconds. This one is awesome. I love when our tank runs this in a dungeon. Always nice. 
it's just a it's a good shield, honestly. This shield used to be so much more though. It's crazy. Oh, I think it used okay. to be like a sixty or seventy percent shield. Dang. It was massive. <laughs> so your morphs, we got spiked bone shield. Absorbing direct damage causes you to deal a portion of the damage back to enemies if they are in melee range. And then you've got Bone Surge, where the synergy increases healing received. That's probably the one to go with, honestly, I would say. Yeah, that's typically what I use. I even have that shield on me here. Because like I said, it used to be a massive shield, like 50, 70%, something something crazy. Not 30. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I lined it up to make sure that you would get to talk about the orbs, dog. Your favorite. All right, so you have the Necrotic Orb. Uh, you project a globe of annihilation that slowly floats forward, dealing 96 ma- magic damage every half second to nearby enemies. An ally near the globe can activate the combustion synergy, causing the, or- causing the orb to explode for 883 magic damage to nearby enemies and restore 3960 magicka or stamina to the ally, whichever maximum is higher. And then yeah, the morphs are Mystic Orb, which increases the damage, and Energy Orb, which the orb now heals the allies. I use the Energy Orb because I like to have the extra healing AoE, and it's, you know the orbs are just nice in general. Now, my favorite thing is that somebody, I think it's Outcast, he put the Mystic Orb in their, uh, or in his you know build stuff, so... All of it, like when they first changed, made this change to the orbs. All of a sudden, you have all these people running this uh, orb now, and it's amazing because, well, just being able to synergize it and having people like, even if they're you know not so good, like you have that synergy, you can you know still power on. Well, there's a couple of times where like I'm almost out of magic cut, and having that synergy helps me keep the tank alive. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's something everyone loves to see the orbs flying around. That's for sure. Even yeah, and after they got nerfed to where it can only be one. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a well or nerf. Like, yeah, I it's not really a nerf about it because I used to, you know, spam the orbs so I could run with it with our group. Sometimes, like especially during a. I think the only thing I could think of is Dark Shade Caverns 2 when healing wasn't as broken. I'd uh, spam that so we can kind of run with it, run with the orb. And that was very helpful, but you can't really do that now because only one orb can be active at once, which, I mean, the uh, synergy thing off of it is good, though. So, yeah, it definitely has its uses. So, we also have two passives for you. And the first one is the Undaunted Command. Where activating an ally's synergy restores 4% of your maximum health, stamina, and magicka. Which is freaking awesome. And Undaunted Metal, which increases your maximum health, stamina, and magicka by 2% per type of armor. Heavy, medium, and light that you have equipped. So when you equip all of them, you get an extra 6% of all your stats. It's awesome. like, And that's why you see people have... Like five light, one medium, one heavy, or vice versa, you know. The monster sets usually where you get a heavy and medium if you're doing a light build, or light and heavy if you're doing a medium build. 
So yeah, that's uh that's about it for Undaunted and uh, Fighters Guild. How about that, Don? Yeah, it's uh those passes are really you know useful. Yeah, definitely my two favorite passes in probably the game because you know, like I said, uh, you know, if you have that orb, you synergize that orb. Not only that, you get about four k back from that. You also get the four percent extra magicka stamina, whatever your max is. It gives you both, but also cool. Cool. Very cool. That's why everyone's always going for the undaunted. They want these passives. Yeah. All right, dog. So. You gonna sing the song? Well, everyone wants to hear it. It was dying to hear. <laughs> yes, I guess. I mean, we. I mean, if you want, <laughs> we could alternate lines. I. I think we should both sing it, right? <laughs> I think that if we both sing all the lines, it will be the most jumbled thing <laughs> here. I mean, that's pretty much what it is, though, if you've ever listened to it. It's. Okay, how about we, for the first part, we'll alternate lines on the first four lines. And then the second part, it'll be like, you do one, and then we'll both say Undaunted, and then I'll do one, and then we'll both say the thing, and then we'll just both say the last two lines. All right. You go first. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Then let me put a B and a D next to. <laughs> I'll just put A for all. Okay. This is for you people. Got it. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, here we go. To the new meat. May they never wet their pants except from drink. To the new meat, whose best attack is showing their face. <laughs> to the new meat, too brave to run, too dumb to dodge. To the newbie, don't die. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows no fear of beast or blade? Undaunted. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Who knows no fear of daedric planes? We We are are undaunted. undaunted. (laughs) Who knows knows no fear fear of death, death, of age? Undaunted. 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 We are undaunted. <laughs> All right. Well, I have no better way to wrap up a show than that, guys. <laughs> Doug, we well, we hoped you guys enjoyed at least, uh, you know, our silliness. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us. It was a fun episode. So, Doug, if they want to, uh, you know, get us on Star Search because of our awesome singing voices, where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can join our Xbox field of Heirs of the Red Diamond using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you check out our show notes, you can find links to our merch store and our music creator, as well as our awesome sponsors we mentioned earlier. And if you could take this small time out of your day, to leave us a review on any podcast platform, especially iTunes, it would mean the freaking world to us. And if you leave a five-star review, we will read it out on the show. And you could even be like, you know, your guy's show is great, but 
dog smells like tacos on Wednesday afternoon. Or you can be like, yeah, I heard that, you know, they sing on this show of the Undaunted. So that's what we came for. And that's what, that's we, what we came for. And that's <laughs> what we got. We're happy. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Doug? Where can the people find you? All right. You can find me on Xox of DogBark24 or on Twitter of also at DogBark24. You can come play with me or you can say, wow, Doug, your singing voice is just amazing. Amazing. Just We need to <laughs> You know, music. And your puns are just awesome. So amazing, right? <laughs> that's that's a good joke right there. <laughs> so if you guys want to catch me, you can catch me on Xbox, Bob Chichinsky, or Twitter, Twitch, and ESOPC, all Bob underscore Chichinsky. Come hang out, come talk some Elder Scrolls, come sing a round of Undaunted with us. Let's get some uh some drink, as they say. I was hoping it was going to be like meat or something. I was just, you know, let's get some drink, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, have a good one, guys. Thanks for hanging out, dog. Thank you guys for stopping into the courier shop. And we will catch you next week. See ya. Yep, always remember, I daunted, I daunted, we are, I daunted. Bye, guys. Peace. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey. Hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? And Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.